Amen and amen. Do me a favor tonight. Won't you turn to give somebody a big church hug next to you? Come on, give them a big old church hug. Show somebody some love in the house. Find a place to sit down. Give them a big old, nothing like a church hug. Hey, can we put our hands together for the worship team for being so outstanding tonight? These guys are unbelievable. If you have a Bible, go to Matthew 17 tonight. Matthew 17, verse 14. And uh, let me be one of the first people uh, at church maybe to say Happy New Year. And we're excited for you. We're believing that this is going to be the best year of your life. Anybody agree with that? And 2015, doesn't matter what happened last year. It's about now. It's about this year. And I think that we ought to just get ready for an incredible year. Anybody up for a good year? And so, Happy New Year from our church to you, and we love you, and um, I'm just personally excited. I think it's going to be an awesome year. Amen? Do you have a Bible tonight? Go to Matthew chapter 17, go to verse 14, and because of time, I'm going to just jump right in. Is that okay? Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. And uh, we'll bring our keyboard player back one more time. Make some noise for our keyboard player right here. This is the buffest, biggest keyboard player in all of church right here. He's like security meets keyboard right there. Like a linebacker as a keyboard player. Isn't that awesome? I think it's funny. I don't care if you do. Anyways, Matthew 17, verse 14. It says, and when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Jesus, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often even into the water. So I brought him to your holy helper disciples, but you know, they couldn't do anything to cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I have to be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring the boy here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus and pulled him away privately and said, tell, tell me this, Jesus, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, well, you realize it's because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith, size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to over there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except for by prayer. And what's that last word altogether? By prayer and what's the word? Fasting. Fasting. He says some miracles, some, some deliverances, some big items are going to have to take prayer and fasting. You know, that's kind of why we're starting our year off with fasting. I figure if it's good enough for Jesus to say it, we ought to live by it. You had to always live by the words of Jesus. Amen? Whenever you're reading through the Bible and you see red or you're going through your iPhone and it's got red, you always got to listen because it's Jesus' words. He said, you know, some of these things are going to take prayer and fasting. Fasting intensifies our prayers. Fasting makes us go back and pray again. Maybe the first time we were denied, fasting is going to make you go back a fourth or a fifth time. Amen? And so we're going to start the year by fasting. Jesus is, is portraying, he is displaying in all of his splendor, and all of his glory, he is displaying how faith works. 
And I want to preach a message tonight out of a new series we're about to start. We're going to launch a new series going into the year. And I'm, I could not be more excited. Listen to this title. We're going to go into a series called Faith Forward Future. Anybody excited about that? Faith Forward Future. Faith in God moving forward. We're not going to move backwards this year. We're going to move forward this year. And we're going to go into our future. What's our future? Our future is our God-given potential. The future that God has in store. The future that God has planned out. Let me encourage you tonight. God has a plan for your life. And if we have faith, we can move forward into our God-given potential, into the future that God has laid out for us. Does anybody else agree with what I'm saying? Come on, anybody excited? Faith, forward, future. That's how we're starting off our year. I want to preach a message. You can write down the title of tonight's sermon. It's called Asking for a Friend. Asking for a for a friend. And um, I'm going to pray. I'm going to believe that God will encourage us tonight. If you are married tonight, why don't you grab, as we pray over the message, grab your spouse's hand and let's agree together that God will speak. If you are single, grab your own hand. Shoot. Let's pray. Father, some people did it. Oh, God. <laughs> I ain't mad at you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our church and these days and these hours and times. And God, thank you that as we gather, you're here with us and you're speaking. We recognize that you are so good and so gracious and so kind. Tonight, God, we pray that you would come and speak to us in a loud and a profound way. Open up our eyes so we can see Jesus. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. God, thank you that you are doing things for us that we cannot do for ourselves. We recognize that you are awesome and mighty, and God, we are praying this next year that you, for two things. God, bring Los Angeles to NFL football teams, and God, let your glory come back to the Lakers, because surely it has gone away. So bring it back and restore it, even twofold in Jesus' name. And everybody said together. Amen. We're going to need a lot more faith in that. And everybody said together. Amen. Amen. That's what I'm fasting for. So my fast is all dedicated to the Lakers. Amen. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what type of individual you are. If you have this, um, you know, over the top confidence or lack of social radar, but, um, I, I don't know if you are a big asker. Like if you have no problem asking, I have certain friends, they just have no problem asking. I'm a, I'm a little bit more shy. I'm a little bit more timid. Like I don't like to ask for things or ask for help. Like for example, this last week, one of my friends, he wanted tickets to a basketball game and I would never ask myself, you know, to go to the game. But, but, but when it comes to asking for a friend, I feel okay. You know, so I, I you know, I hit someone up that, you know, has basketball tickets. So I, I said, Hey, you know, I would never ask for myself, but I'm, I'm asking for a friend. Anybody feel like it's okay? to ask for a friend. Like, it's okay. It's just, that is in the socially allowable zone right there, asking for a friend. Like, if we're going to a function, if we're going to an event, and I don't know what to wear to the event, I'm not going to ask what to wear to the event. I'm just going to kind of guess and do my best and put holes in my jeans and really skinny, I'm going to go. But, but if a friend hits me up and is like, hey, what's the attire, what's the dress for tonight? Oh, I have no problem getting on the phone, shooting off that text. Hey, I'm asking for a friend. I would never ask myself. But, you know, this guy, Chuck, he needs to ask. And so, but you know me, like, I'm cool, I'm good, I got, but Chuck's asking what we're supposed to, anybody know what I'm talking about right here? Asking for a friend. It's just, you know, it's just, I'm just, I'm not the guy that, like, hits people up and just makes the big ask. Like, this last
last week, somebody texted me and was like, you know, baiting me into the conversation. I hadn't heard from this person in a while. So he's like, he hits me up. Hey, man, how you been? I, because I haven't heard from this person, I'm like, yo, what's up, man? How you been? Happy holidays. You know, we're filling it out. You know, I'm throwing LOLs. I'm an emoji user now, so I'm throwing a few. Like, I'm just, we're going back and forth. How you been? No, how you been? And we're just, we're having a good conversation. I feel like the whole thing's going great until he hit me with the long, you know, when it gets longer, when it gets longer, it's like, whoa, these are details. We were going LOL. You went longer. So he goes longer and he's like, hey man, I know you know some people. I haven't been able to hold to get a, get a hold of the Yeezys. Do you think you can get me a pair of the Yeezys? I was like, oh no, you didn't. I didn't even text back right there. I was like, it's one thing if you ask for a friend, but you're asking for yourself. Oh no, you didn't. That, that is not allowable. Can I get a witness in the church? This is not acceptable. I always feel like when we're asking God to do stuff for other people, for some reason it's like acceptable. But sometimes we struggle going to God and asking God to help us, asking God to do things in our world. You know, unbelief, unbelief says what happened there can't happen here. Unbelief says what happened to them cannot happen for me. Unbelief says what happened at that time cannot happen now. But faith, faith always says if it happened for them, well, then I know it can happen for me. Faith says if it happened over there, I know it can happen right here. Faith says if it happened back then, well, then surely I know it can happen in 2016. There's something about becoming a faith person, faith to move forward into your future. And I'll tell you, if you're going to be a faith person, you got to make the big ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8. Jesus says it this way. He says, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. There's something about going to God and asking God to do stuff on your behalf. What about Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6? One of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. And watch what the Bible lays out for us. If you believe in God and you're going to ask from God, well, then here is the grounds. Here is the prerequisite to coming to God. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. By show of hands real fast. Anybody in 2016, you want to please him. Anybody want to please God in 2016? Watch what it's saying. But without faith, everybody say faith. faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God, he must first believe that, number one, he is God. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The Bible's saying if you come to God and you want to ask some things, you must first believe that he is God and he actually answers prayer. He actually listens to our cry. He actually wants to aid and help on our behalf. Come on, is there anybody here tonight that is willing in 2016 to go to God, believe that he is God, and ask God of some pretty big things? Come on, anybody excited for 2016, willing to go to God? Just let's go to God. I love this story. Matthew chapter 17. It's a story of a desperate father. This dad is so desperate. Now, mind you, his son, his own flesh and blood, this is a parent with the child. This parent is so frustrated because his own child, because of the demons that are in him, he's getting tossed into fires and thrown into the ocean. He has no control over this situation. So this parent, he concludes within himself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to church and I'm going to get some people at church to lay hands on my son. This guy, he brings his boy to the church people, to the holy helpers, to the disciples. Now, mind you, when this happens, just so we're all on the same page of this story, when this happens, there are nine people, nine disciples that are on 
on display that are at the church ready to help this boy. Now, when they pray for the son, when they pray for the demon-possessed kid, nothing happens. Now, Jesus, when the nine are praying, Jesus is away with his three best friends, the three amigos, the compadres themselves. Jesus is away with Peter, James, and John. They've actually gone up to a mountain. There's a transfiguration that takes place. All of Jesus' glory and splendor takes place. Moses shows up. Elijah shows up. They're having red cups, grape juice, and they're, they're partying up there on the mountain. Now, when they're up there on the mountain, they have the transfiguration. They come down the mountain, and the first thing they encounter is this dad. The dad runs up to Jesus, falls on his hands and knees, and says, Jesus, help, help me. Watch his words. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on my child, please, Jesus. I went to your holy helpers. I went to the church folk, and they couldn't do nothing for my son. Can you please help my son? Watch Jesus. Before he addresses the father, before he addresses the son that's demon-possessed, Jesus looks at the crowd that is gathered. Now, this story takes place in a part of Galilee where they would have the usual suspects. Like, let me explain it this way. You ever go to a bar, or remember the old TV show Cheers? It's kind of like at Cheers where you have the usual suspects that are always there every day. Most scholars believe that around this circle there's like there's you know bible teachers there's 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 religious people there's scribes there's tax collectors they're all standing there watching this dad beg jesus for this miracle now when jesus hears the father in all of his desperation before he speaks to the son or the dad he speaks to the crowd watch what he says he goes my god you wicked and perverse generation these are harsh words he said, how long do I have to put up with y'all? He's going, man, it's, I've been here, what, 33 years? I, beat me up, Scotty. I got to go. I, I got to get out of here. These guys drive me crazy. How long do I have to put up with your, all, all y'all haters? How long? What, what, what is Jesus saying? He is addressing what already happened in the Old Testament. In Psalm 95, the Bible already spoke of this generation, this group. They were always faithless. They were never faithful. They were skeptics. And the reason why this boy didn't get healed by the nine was because God can't move where there is no faith. God can only move where there's faith. Even Jesus himself could perform no miracle in his hometown when there was no faith. So it wasn't just the disciples alone. It was also these haters in the house who were literally looking with skepticism, look, crossing their arms going, let's see what y'all church people got to do now. Let's see if y'all nine, I know Jesus up on that mountain. Let's see if y'all can heal this boy. And their lack of belief caused this child not to be healed. So he looks at him and goes, you wicked and perverse generation. Now watch what he does after this. Now, Matthew doesn't tell us in this account, but Mark does in his gospel. Mark tells us that Jesus brings the boy out. And now this is amazing. I love this part. Jesus, for, for good measure, for display, Jesus brings the boy out and before he heals him and cures him, he allows the demon one last shot. The demon uh, does a convulsion on the boy. The boy gets thrown to the ground and so that Jesus can receive all the glory. You got to know this. Sometime God loved to show off. See, so that Jesus can receive all the glory, the boy gets thrown to the ground and then Jesus heals him. And then so that the crowd, watch what the Bible says. The Bible says the crowd was astonished because they, they saw it in the glory. They saw it in the power. They seen the boy get slammed to the ground and then get delivered. And then they applauded God and said, wow, this guy is real. Come on, does anybody believe tonight that our God loves to show off? Even when there's naysayers, come on church, even when there's naysayers, even when there's critics, sometimes God loves to show off. 
So the boy gets delivered. The father gets what he wants. Now, now the disciples, the nine, the guys that could not deliver this. Now, by the way, the nine, they, they, they were in the right place. They were in the right situation to do what they tried to do. Remember, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus had already given them the authority over demons. Jesus had already sent them out to heal exactly this situation. In fact, they had already gone out on one endeavor and experienced success. So they were thinking when this happened, they were thinking, oh, we've already done this. We got the power. We got the keys. We got the tools. We're going to be just fine. So when it didn't happen, they were perplexed. Watch what they do. They pull Jesus aside. Not, 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 not around the haters, but they pull Jesus aside and they say, Jesus, help me out here. Why in the world could we not heal this boy? How, you gave us the authority. We've already done this once before. How in the world does it happen where we couldn't heal this kid? And watch what Jesus says. Four times he says this to the disciples through the Gospels. He says, you know why you couldn't heal this young man? Because you had little faith. He said, if you would have had faith, what kind of size? The size of just like a mustard seed. You can speak to a mountain, be moved. What's mountains represent? Mountains are hindrances. Mountains are obstacles. Mountains are things, addictions, stuff that's holding you back. Jesus is saying, if you speak to the mountain and you got faith the size of a mustard seed, it will be moved into the sea. Come on, anybody believe tonight that Jesus has mountain-moving faith and ability in our life that we can not only destroy demons, come on somebody, but we can also move mountains. Anybody want some mountain-moving faith in 2016? I love this story. It's a story of faith. Jesus is so good at identifying faith. Remember, to one he said, be it done according to your faith. To one he said, whoo, I have not seen faith like this in all of Israel. And four times he says to the disciples, you have little, little bitty faith. I just believe 2016 is a year for us to grow in faith. I just believe 2016, in order for us to move, move forward into our God-given potential, I believe you got to have faith. I think it starts with faith. I think faith is the main thing when we come into this next year. Anybody agree with that? Let me give you three things in faith tonight. Three things to write down. Three things to encourage you. Number one, would you write this down? And this is so true for all of us in this room. Faith, really, all of our faith is in Jesus. All of our faith is in Jesus alone. In other words, please hear me. Our faith is not in faith. I don't put my stock or my inventory into my faith. I put all of my hopes into Jesus. Jesus is the object of my faith. He is the main thing of my faith. In fact, did you know this whole thing is about Jesus? The church is about Jesus. The Bible is about Jesus. Our gathering is about Jesus. Our life is about Jesus. He is the central theme. He is the main thing. And don't make faith about you. Don't make faith about your confession. Don't make faith about how good you are, how much you come to church, how much you tithe. Don't make faith about you. Faith is about him. Faith is all about Jesus. All of our faith is in Christ alone. Oh, I love Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. And watch what the Bible says about the divine order of how life should go. The divine order of how God has set up life. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is 
This is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. For by grace you have been saved through faith. By grace. First came grace. What's grace? Grace is not a principle. Grace is a person. His name is Jesus. For by Jesus you have been saved through your faith in Jesus. So it's not our faith that saved us. It's our faith in Jesus that saved us. Jesus saved us. And the fact that we believe in him, the fact that we have confidence in him, the fact that we trust him, that's what saves us. All of our faith is in Christ alone. Anybody have faith in Jesus tonight? Come on, anybody believe that Jesus is the main thing? All of our faith is wrapped up in the sun. It's kind of like you ever see somebody go to the horse tracks or the horse races and they, you know, they pick out a horse, you know, like clever, clever donkey or something. I don't know these names of horses these days. Why would you call a horse clever donkey? But they do this kind of stuff. And, you know, some guy goes and he's got his money there and he's at the races and he's like, I'm going to put all my money on clever donkey. Clever donkey's going to win this race. And so he bets all of his money and he, he watches this, this horse and this horse starts coming around the track and he's watching it and he's, and he's so confident. He's so expectant. He's so hopeful that this, this horse is going to win the race. Can I tell you, when you put all of your faith in Jesus, you will never be let down. God does not lose. God always wins. God always is victorious. God always comes through. All of our faith is in Jesus. Jesus is the main thing. Don't let faith be, be an accent. Don't let faith be a personality. Don't let faith be some, some subculture. Faith is Jesus. It's all about the Alpha and the Omega. It's about the beginning and the end. It's about the line of the tribe of Judah. It's about the Alpha and the Omega. It's about the Messiah, Christ alone, the Prince of Peace and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Bread of Life and the Living Water. It's about the one with, with healing in his wings. Come on, does anybody believe in Jesus tonight? You got to give him some praise if you believe faith is about Jesus. I'll just tell you, going in this year, don't put your faith in how hard you work. Don't put your faith in your self-discipline. Don't put your confidence in you. Put your confidence in God. Put your confidence in Jesus. All of faith is about Jesus. It's like watching the Golden State Warriors play right now, and they got Steph Curry. Steph Curry with the shot, what? And, um, Steph Curry, you know, and when Steph Curry goes to shoot a three-pointer, you watch it on TV, and, you know, he goes to shoot a three, and the whole gym is ready for him to make this three. And he's about, you know, 45 feet out, and he pulls up, and he shoots the ball, and you can see everybody stand, and everybody's watching the ball, and the high arc, and it's coming. And if Steph Curry, just by chance, if he misses the shot, the whole place gasps. The whole place can't believe. Oh, but, oh, I can't believe Steph Curry missed the shot. But all of the people in that arena have put their hope and their confidence this guy's going to make the shot i'm telling you 2016 put all of your hope put all of your confidence put all of your belief in jesus jesus is going to come through he's going to heal you he's going to forgive you hey come on does anybody believe that all of our faith is about jesus you know it bothers me when christians or people make faith about something that it's not for by grace you have been saved through your faith in grace this is not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, the gift of Jesus. The gift of, to us is to believe on him and to have confidence in him and to trust in him. That's what faith is about. This dad came to this, came, came to this conclusion. I'm going to put my stock and my inventory on Jesus' guys. And if Jesus' guys can't come through, well, then I'm just going to go straight to the source. Why don't you, in 2016, go straight to the source? Let's not just go to the holy helpers. Come on, helpers. Let's go, to, let's go to Jesus and let's see him help us. Somebody say amen. So that's number one. Write down number two. Is anybody being encouraged by this tonight? That's number one. Number two, write this down. Faith isn't an event. It's a journey. 
Faith isn't an event, it's a journey. And I can tell you that I've been on a faith journey for many years. And one thing about journeying is that in journeys, you have highs and you have lows. You have peaks and you have valleys. And when you journey, you just know that you gotta take the good with the bad, the bad with the good, and you gotta just keep going and having faith. Because, you know, I believe when you're in the valley, you know, there's things that you learn in the valley that you can't learn on the mountaintop. And there's things you learn on the mountaintop that you can't learn in the valley. And I believe that God, he knows exactly what to do with your life. You know, think about Jesus. Here he is. He has this holy experience. He has this incredible transfiguration. And then he comes down the mountain, and the first thing he encounters is a bunch of haters in the house. You know, have you ever been where you're at church and you're feeling good, and then you got to get on the freeway in some traffic? Come on. And Or you read the Bible, and you pray at home, and you got Hillsong on your beats by Dre, and you're feeling like, let's tackle the day, and then you encounter your children. Come on, somebody. And you know, you, just part of life. It's part of the journey. And I can tell you, in years of being on the journey, there's moments where I felt holy, and there's moments when I felt human. There's moments where I felt so holy, I walk around and, you know, cast the devil out, and the devil's a liar, and, you know, quote scripture, and blah, blah, blah. And there's been times I've felt so human that I can't believe that I've done it again. I can't believe I've messed up. I can't believe I want to quit. Come on, am I preaching to anybody that knows what it feels like to be human? You got to just embrace the journey. Faith is not an event. The Grammys are an event. The Super Bowl is an event. Faith is a journey, and you're just journeying in faith. That's why I never worry when people leave the church for a season, because they're just on a faith journey. And you know what? They might leave for a little while, but you know, something might trigger them to come back to faith in God. And you never know what God will use to bring them back to having good, great confidence and great trust and great faith in God. But faith is a It's never an event. It's a journey. You know, I've always believed that a man with an opinion is at the disposal of a man with an experience. And when you have experience on the journey, last night, my wife and I, we went and we had dinner with some dear friends of ours. And we went to this, this uh, restaurant, which I will never go to again, because as soon as we left, you know, we gave them the big hug goodbye. And, and I had the big smile on, you guys are the best. And as soon as they walked away, I watched them walk away. And I said, babe, I got to go back in the restaurant. This thing, I, something's wrong with me. I went back in the restaurant. I was throwing up all night last night. I got food poisoning right on the spot. I will never go back. You ever know when you get food poisoning, you never want to go back to that restaurant ever again. I'm never going back. I'm not telling you what it is. Buffalo Wild Wings. But I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, we were talking over dinner last night and these guys recently, they renewed their vows. They've been married 10 years and they got married very young, 21, 22 And just this last summer, they renewed their vows. And he was saying last night, he was saying, you know, when I got married at 21, 22, he said, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. He said, I just thought it was awesome. We're getting married. This is fun. Oh, my gosh. Everybody's here. We're having a big party. He said, I had no idea what a vow was or a commitment was. He said, but, you know, years of journeying with my wife, years of heartache and tears and and arguments and celebrations and laughters and Christmas, years on the journey, it's 
it's taught me to appreciate what I have now. You know, always appreciate that faith is not an event. It's just a journey. You're on a journey with Jesus, and Jesus is going to lead you. Sometimes he might lead you into a valley, but other times he's going to lead you into a mountain. Sometimes you might go through the hardest time in life. Other times he's going to lead you to great success. But I'll just tell you, never put stock or inventory on the season that you're in. Never think that what you're going through right now, that's the final say. You know, sometimes you can be in the darkest of the worst pit, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and you go, I'm going to be okay. This is just a season. I'm on a journey, and this is going to pass. You know, there's other times when life is going great, and it's awesome, and you're killing it, and you feel all great about yourself, and you know, just appreciate it, because sometimes you could end right back up there. And you know, just know, this is not an event. It's a journey, but we're on a journey with Jesus. Come on, anybody thankful today that faith is not an event, but it really is a journey. And so you know what I say with faith? Write this down, the last one, number three. What I say with faith, you ought to grow it, you ought to stir it, and you ought to fan it. You know, grow your faith, stir up your faith, and fan it. Anything that's growing, you have to water it. You ought to water your faith this year. Anything that you want to be, to be on fire, like when you start a fire, you gotta fan the flames. Anything that you want to be fresh, you know, you gotta stir it up. You know, I was telling this story at Christmas Eve, and if you weren't at Christmas Eve this year, you gotta make sure you're at Christmas Eve uh, next year. But I was telling this story at Christmas Eve where, where, where I grew up, we grew up next to this awesome buffet. I don't know if you're a buffet fan, but I am a big time buffet fan. And the buffet we grew up next to was called the Golden Corral. Anybody ever hear the Golden Corral? And if you're an old country buffet person, you're not as good as the Golden Corral, okay? I'm just gonna say that. You can keep your OCB, but I'm going to end up at Golden Corral. In Golden Corral, we'd go there after, after church with dad, and I remember we would get, we would get to the Golden Corral, and I, we'd just, you know, we terrorize the place. We'd go through the whole thing, and I, I remember coming to some dishes, and the dishes look like they have not been touched in two hours. You know what I'm talking about? There's like that film layer of nastiness over the thing. I remember I just think to myself, just give me 30 seconds. It's going to look brand new. Just let me see that spoon. I remember I grabbed that spoon. I just start stirring up the whole pot, stirring up the whole thing. 30 seconds later, it looks brand new. It looks like it's ready to go. looks like it's ready. Anybody want some? I just cooked something up. You got to come get some of this. And I just think with, with your faith, you got to stir up your faith. Don't let your faith grow cold. Don't let your faith grow dormant. Stir up your, that's why we're on a fast right now. We're intensifying our faith. We're getting our faith hot for this year. We're getting our faith ready to move forward into our future. We're getting our faith to a spot where it's not cold and it's not dormant and it doesn't have a film layer of dust over it. No, it's ready to move forward into our God-given potential. You gotta stir up your faith sometime. Come on, anybody wanna stir up their faith in 2016? Stir up your faith. Watch this. Watch what Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy. And I'm going to invite the worship team to come. But watch what he says here. He says to, Paul says to the young Timothy, he said, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois. Let's just pause there. That is a great grandmama name. Like, you know you got a real grandma when she named Lois right there. Like, grandma is hooking up some meatloaf and some stocking stuffers on Christmas, Grandma Lois. He said, I know at first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, also awesome mom name. <laughs> Just want to say, Eunice, you rock. If you're here tonight, we love you. He said, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, 
And I'm persuaded, I know this genuine faith is in you also. Watch what he says. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of faith which is in you through the laying on of my hands. He said, I know that you have this gift. I know you have faith. But he said, I'm, I'm reminding you, stir this thing up. Come on, business owner. Let's stir up that faith for this year. Come on, parent that's here tonight. Let's stir up that faith for your children. Come on, young person. Let's stir up faith to believe for the impossible. You know, Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you stir up your faith. You can speak to a mountain. Be moved, and it will be moved. Oh, I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but I want to come and tell some people, let's stir it up this year. Let's grow our faith this year. Let's fan into flame this year. Let's have mountain-moving faith. Let's have faith in Jesus. Not faith in ourselves. Not faith in our church. Not faith in some holy helpers. But faith in the one who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above anything we can ask, think, or imagine. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, let's worship God.